I'm taking out this stool today because I'm not sure if it's just the, the rush we've been under with the musical and everything. Maybe it's getting over this sickness. Maybe it's a factor of my age. But this morning I woke up very dizzy. So I don't want to uh, be standing up here and, and have a little bit of dizziness and think that I'm, I, or make you think that I'm manifesting the spirit or something and getting drunk or something like that. So, I mean, that could happen, but I want you to know that I'm swaying around, you know, and I, and I can never tell what these things are, you know. Either the Holy Spirit, God is doing something, ooh, you know, spirit, or, or uh, the enemy's doing something, or it's just a physical thing that I'm, that I'm under, I don't know. But let's pray and let's see if we can find out. Lord, thank you for this day and thank you for this gathering and thank you for your word and thank you for this opportunity to talk about peace. And so maybe, Lord, today I'm in this state and crying out to you, I've been doing it all morning, saying, oh God, Help me, help me, come to me, settle me, touch me. And maybe that will inspire others to do the same in their state, in their place. Because God, we know that there are lots of, um, there are lots of things out there. there. There are lots of influences and voices. There's, there's lots out there. And we have an enemy, an enemy that wants to keep us from you. And so maybe today some of us need to say, yeah, I need some prayer and I need some peace. I do, Lord. And so I open my heart to you to receive today. And I pray that as we share these thoughts, your Holy Spirit would come in power. Lord, I thank you for those those uh, signs because when I looked over at Madeline and saw the power of the Holy Spirit and she had her fists up at me like she was going to hit me and yet Lord you, you are powerful and you can knock out the enemy and you can knock out um, influences and you can, you can remove and bring peace and joy and blessing and we want to receive that today in Jesus' name, we want to receive that. Amen. So take your Bible or your devices and find uh, Isaiah chapter 9. I was born in the early 60s. Who, who else was born in the 60s? Put your hand up if you're born in the 60s. Okay. And so by way of introduction and with this whole peace thing, I was going to, you know, talk about the whole, yo, peace, you know. That, that 60s and 70s concept of peace that was like, you know, let's go 
to a field and, and play some music and do some drugs and experience peace. And so that, that reminds me of something Jesus said. And we'll hear about it in the new year sometime. I don't know when the sermon on this is going to come out, but Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And then what does he say? He says, not as the world gives do I give to you. I give you my peace. We're going to discover today a little bit of what Jesus meant. My peace. So, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about that 60s and 70s, you know, peace thing. Does everybody remember the upside down cross that they used to wear on their t-shirts? <laughs> I don't know if it was an upside down cross. But when I was, you know, growing up in the Lord in the 80s, the peace symbol was like, no, we don't, we don't mess with that. We don't do that because it's just an upside down cross. Well, I don't know if it was an upside down cross. But you know the circle with the upside down cross in it. So on Friday, after I left here to go home, I uh, do this sometimes. I, I, uh, I went to Value Village. I, I got three really good deals in Value Village. I like secondhand stores. That's where I get all these ridiculous skinny ties from the secondhand stores. No, no stores sell these. You have to go, you know, you have to go, I don't know, to a secondhand store where some old guy who owned a bunch of these ties passed away and then they gave all their ties to the secondhand store and then I buy them. And they're, you know, anywhere from a buck to three bucks, so I get cheap clothes that way. Well, I'm going through some of these clothes, and here's a shirt. Here's a, a shirt with um, Woodstock on it. Okay, who knows what that is? Okay. <laughs> it said, wood, said Woodstock on it. And now, I, I don't know if it was actually from that 19, it was in 1969 that that happened, where they went out to the field, played some music, did some drugs, and called it peace. And um, so here's this, like I'm looking at this shirt, and I'm going, why am I seeing this in 2023, Woodstock, and then it had all the, you know, the 70s bubble font on there, you know, and all, and then there were two, there were two peace signs down in the corner, and it said three days of peace and music. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking, uh, this, this has to be God that I'm seeing this. this. This has to remind me that this is not what peace is. Peace is more. What I discovered when I did this simple little exercise, and you'll see it on the notes around you if you want to look at that, uh, my, uh, my, my side of the note paper, you'll see a very simple exercise. It's almost, it's almost you know, it is elementary. So what, what we're going to do today is, is read some passages on peace. And there are 
There's almost, oh, if I can remember correctly, two th almost 2,000 references to peace in the Bible. We're only going to look at a few. And so what I did was find common ones that have uh, words in them that start with P, E, A, C, and E. And, and the, like, they're, they're not really words that have anything to do with peace. They just happen to be in the verse. So that we'll remember the verses. It'll help us to remember the verses. So we're going to read first from Isaiah. And I thought I had my notes in Isaiah, but I don't. So if you can turn to Isaiah 9, you're probably already there. And let's read it. Great passage. Ah, all the passages are great. But there will be no more gloom for, who, for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious by way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Uh, the, the, the region of Galilee, if you look on a, uh, a tribe settlement map in the back of your Bible, if you, if, if, if you have them there, there's, there's a map of, of, of all the tribes, what, what all the tribes, uh, all the land allotments for the tribes. And you'll notice that Zebulun, Asher, and Naphtali make up the, the, the region of Galilee. And Galilee, uh, as we know, Galilee was kind of, you know, the fringe. It was, it was the Newfoundland of Israel. It was out there. Like it was, it, and most people don't even know about it. But when the Galileans came into Judea and into the area of Jerusalem, you could, you could pick them right out of a crowd because they were so hillbilly. But anyway... The scriptures say here that God treated that area with contempt. It says that right there. But later, he will make it glorious. Where does Jesus settle? Where is Jesus raised? A town in Galilee called Nazareth. Where does he rent quarters? A town on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee called Capernaum. And if I ever go to Israel, that's where I want to go. I don't want to go to Jerusalem. I want to go to Capernaum, where Jesus lived. I want to walk around the Sea of Galilee. I wonder how long that will take me. I mean, it's only a puddle. Anyway, let's keep reading. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor as at the battle of Midian, which you can read about in Judges chapter 7. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning. Fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom. To establish it and to uphold it 
with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. What I discovered as I was looking through this and pulling these things out and doing this simple little exercise is that peace is more than I thought it was. That shouldn't be news to any one of us. God is more than I think he is. He's more because, and not because I have a forced, limited view of what God is. It's because I don't have the capacity to understand the scope of this God that we know and serve. He is more than you and I can ever imagine. And he can do more than we can ask or think. And he can give you a peace that's not just music in a field with drugs, peace. It's not that. It's so much more than that. It's not that at all. Don't even go there. Was anybody actually there? Anybody? Yeah, no, I, well, I was only eight, so no, I, I wasn't there. My parents weren't there. But anyway, anyway, what, what God is offering us in the, by way of peace is, is, is more than I imagined. It's more than I imagined. Peace, first of all, Hebrew, anybody want to tell me? Come on, we use it all the time. Shalom, it's a beautiful word. It's a wonderful word. Here's my definition of shalom, okay? Listen. Complete, safe, secure welfare. Not a sense or a feeling of, oh, you know, chill or settledness. Complete, safe, and secure welfare. And you can be in that place today, now. And then, wow, what do you think the first word is? Starts with P. Second letter is R. Prince, the Prince of Peace, is the name of Jesus. Now, it's not just a cool English alliteration. Prince of Peace just kind of sounds cool, doesn't it? Prince of Peace. You know, it's got the two Ps, and it, it, it happens to translate into English as a P and a P. But it's more than that. And... I want to tell you what Prince is not. Prince is not what you and I think it is. Prince Harry, Prince William, Prince George. <laughs> Why was that funny, Prince George? Is that, uh, is, okay. Um, it, it's, it's not the son of a king. It doesn't mean that in Hebrew. But that's what we've, that's what we've connected to it. Because all of the sons of nobility are called princes, and the daughters are princesses. It doesn't mean that. Prince is, in Hebrew, sar. So prince of peace sounds cool in Hebrew, too. It's sar shalom. The word sar means commander. The word sar means chief. The word sar means general. The word sar means the one who is in authority. So Jesus can take peace and he can command it into your life and in mine. Now, 
You remember a couple of months back, maybe it was six months, maybe it was eight months, I don't remember. I just remember certain parts of, of sermons and they sort of stick in my head and I, and I still have them. Some of them are like 40 years old. But there was a sermon, some bald guy with an English accent was preaching it and he was talking about a forced peace. Do you remember that? It was, it was a Roman emperor, right? A Roman emperor who, who, who came into the area, slapped everybody around and said, okay, you're going you're gonna to live in peace with us. We have control over you. We have, don't do anything stupid. Let's call it peace. And that's how, that's how it, was, it was administered. That's how it, how it came out. Now, if you look at Jesus' name, the Prince of Peace, I like to think of it like this. When the enemy comes along in my life and he starts harassing me and he starts, you know, making havoc, Jesus stands in the gap and he looks at that enemy and he says, you're not touching, you're not touching my kid. You're not touching my friend. You're not touching my servant. I'm going to command peace in his life and you're not going to be able to touch him. I think I need to start thinking of it that way so that I see a God who is so for me, who is so powerful in my life that the enemy doesn't have a leg to stand on. There's nothing he can do. And there's nothing any other influence can do. Now, I know I make stupid choices, and sometimes those choices can separate me from the blessing that I know is mine, from the blessing that I should be, that I should be embracing and receiving. Sometimes I do things, sometimes I think things, and we're going to talk about that in a little while. But God is great. You need to know that today. I need to know that today. He is called the Prince of Peace, the Commander of peace. Not, it has nothing to do with his sonship. It, well, it might. But, but, but he, it, this word prince, this word prince means that he's in charge. He has authority. E, what do you think? Three letters, and it's not eat, but I like the word eat, but it's not eat. It's in verse Seven, there will be no end. So put end on the blanks. Put the word end in there. There will be no end to the increase of his government, nor to the increase of peace. This is another aspect of peace that I needed to be reminded of, or I needed to know for the first time. That peace, that peace is eternal, and it keeps getting better. That's the nature of our God. He, he blesses us with all of his goodness and it never stops. It never slows down. It never wanes. He never forgets you. You're never left out. He's always there for you and he has more than you can imagine. Peace will continue to grow, it will continue to increase, and it will get better and better and better. Now, Isaiah is an interesting author. I love reading him, but often I don't know if he's talking about present day or future. He seems to 
to waffle back and forth between the two. And I don't mind. I don't mind that. But I want you to know that you can have this amazing peace, that God can command it in your life today, right now, in this moment. And I think that there might be some of us among us who need some peace. Am I right? We always are in need. We're always in need. And if you need it today, I, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you today. Number three is the A. I almost said the word. All right. The scripture is Galatians chapter 5. Because uh, at the end of the chapter, peace comes up there. And it's, the verse starts out like this. It says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Put the word against on the line. Against such things, there is no law. Peace is like everything else. Of, listen, here, here, here are the two things I want you to remember. God's, everything about God is huge. Everything about him, his love, his joy, his peace, his kindness, his goodness, his hesed, is more than you can imagine. It's huge. And he lavishes it on us. And then he says, all right, you got enough for yourself and you got enough for the person next to you. You've got enough for uh, the, 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 the folks that you serve and the people that you know. So I'm going to give you all of this good stuff so that you can give it away. Don't worry. I got more for you. I'll give you more. I'll keep filling you up and you keep giving it away. I'll give you more. I'll give you more. You can have peace for yourself and you can have peace for others. Because peace is a fruit of the Spirit. How many of you know the, 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 my, my plum tree story? I think I've told it before, but... There might be some, my, my wife knows the plum tree story, and I know she's rolling her eyes over there because she has to hear it again. But you see, when I was, uh, when I was a teenager living in Toronto, um, um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't a very moral, wholesome kid. Uh, I was a thief, actually. I did a lot of, um, if I had to give it all back, I'd be in the poorhouse, but but um, what my, my friend and I used to do, and it's not my friend's fault, it's not like I had bad influences or anything, it was all because of me. What my friend and I used to do was uh, in the summertime when we, you know, we weren't in school and we didn't have anything to do, we would raid people's gardens. I know, awful, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm telling you this, this stuff and all the good opinions about me are, going, are getting flushed right down the toilet, right? Uh, we used to raid gardens. And if we could find, you know, ripe tomatoes, we would take ripe, ripe tomatoes and have a free lunch. Peppers, carrots, whatever we could find, we would, we would you know, because, you know, people were away. They were at work in the summertime. And we were out, you know, with nothing else to do. One day, there we saw a plum tree. 
The plum tree was about 10 feet tall. That's all. It wasn't even very big. But the plum tree was more blue than it was green. I had never, I, and I, this image always comes up in my mind when I think of the fruit of the Spirit. Because this plum tree was just beautiful and overflowing with fruit. Even after we ate our fill, it didn't look like we even touched it. It was still overflowing with fruit. I wanted to cut it down and take it home and enjoy this fruit, but no, we, we had what we, what we could and then, uh, you know, probably paid for it later. But uh, I, I still see in my memory across the backyards this small tree just more blue than it was green. There were more plums on it than there were leaves. And that's what I, what I think about when I think of the fruit of the Spirit. Peace. Peace needs to, needs to be um, there, needs to be apparent in my life so that people can, can both look at it and enjoy its sight and they can taste it and eat it and taste and see that God is good. They can see it and they can taste it. That's what the fruit is supposed to be. And God will give you enough for that to happen. But fruit is an interesting thing because it, it, it's, it's there. It's there because of the water and because of the sunshine and because of, you know, and because of how, plant, how God made plants. Fruit appears. And what's the fruit for? What is this tasty, sweet mm, flesh around the seed? What is that for? Well, I assume it's to nourish the seed when it falls onto the ground. So the apple falls onto the ground and it rots around the seeds and then the seeds have something to start in and away they go and they make more trees and more fruit and more trees and more fruit. And you see how this works and that's why that fruit metaphor is used in scripture. So you and I can be fruitful and people can look at our lives and see love and they can see lots of it and they can see joy and peace and patience, and you go down the list, and my personal favorite one is self-control. <laughs> oh, man, that one gets me every time. Oh. I always want to stop at number eight and just leave number nine, but there it is, self-control. And people need to see that in us. They need to see that in us, and they will be drawn to that. That's what our lives are supposed to be. Now, what happens? Folks, what happens when it's not there? Because, come on, you and I both have days, seasons even, when we don't feel very Christian. Maybe, maybe I'm just talking to me. But, you know, and mostly, mostly it's after a really great Sunday and a really great you know, worship time and a, and a great message and you get, or and then and we go for soup and Sabbath and we hang out together and it's all so good and there's this big high, you know, and, and then on Monday morning I get up and, and I'm sort of, uh, you know, I'm suffering withdrawals. And I, I want that stuff back, but it's, you know, it's not necessarily there. Or something might happen to you. Maybe something happens. 
Maybe you run in, maybe you get sick, or maybe you get cut off in traffic, or maybe, maybe you suffer a loss, or maybe, maybe there's other concerns in your life. So what happens? What do you do when you don't feel peaceful? What do we do when we don't feel like serving or, or being fruitful? Or what, what do we do? There's another little story I have for you. I've gone through this cycle hundreds of times in my Christian life where I just get lazy. I get negligent. I forget who I am in Christ to a certain degree. And I kind of fall away. I don't backslide and go looking for a drug dealer or anything. I just have those little seasons of, of laziness. What do you do in those? So I remember going through that and recognizing it. And then for some ridiculous, morbid reason, I decided to prolong it. Ever done something like that where you, 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 know, you feel sort of empty or you feel down? And, feel, and, then, and then you sort of think, well, I'm going to suffer a little bit longer because there's, there's some kind of nobility in that. And, 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 am I out to lunch or has anyone else experienced that kind of thing? You just feel like, oh, I should suffer a little bit longer by being lazy. So I was doing that, and a few days went by. I remember driving my car in Red Deer, and I, was con I finally decided to confess, Lord, I'm just in this ridiculous place, and, 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 I, and, and, I, and I need you. And you know what the Lord said? He said, I know. So what are you waiting for? Come here. It was like it almost as loud as having the radio on and the volume turned up. He said, come here. Come here right now. It's like a parent, you know. Do this right now. Most of the time our kids don't. <laughs> and then we say right now again. It's a whole new right now. Anyway, the Lord said clearly to my heart, come here. Come here. It was like... Come to me, all who are weary and are heavy laden. So this is the habit I'm trying to establish. That was like years ago. This is the habit I'm trying to establish in my Christian life when I'm feeling, for lack of a better word, crappy. When I'm feeling lousy, crummy. I go to God right now. And I want you to start if you're not doing that already, to start practicing that. Don't feel like it? Well, it's not based on your feelings. I love good feelings. I love my emotions, the ones that are positive. I love it when I'm, we're up here and we're singing and, and, and the Holy Spirit overwhelms me to the place where, where I start to weep because he's so good. And there's so much to him. And there's so much he wants to give me. But sometimes I don't feel like it. And if that's the case, God has taught me it doesn't matter. 
you come to me anyway. You just keep coming and you keep coming. And in our pain and in our joy and in our suffering and in our happiness and in this place and that place, we keep coming and we keep coming and we keep coming. I don't know why God blesses us because usually that's what makes us forget him. We see that over and over again in the Old Testament, the children of Israel. They just, they get so blessed and they have so much that they, eh, they kind of forget God and then next thing they know, they're in a hole. Let's go to the next one. The next one is C. Romans 60, 19 says, be excellent at what is good and be innocent of evil. And... The God, this, this verse, it, 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 it shakes me, this verse. The God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Isn't that, isn't that something to chew on? Isn't that something to meditate on? The God of peace, the God of peace who gives you peace more than you can contain, more than you can understand, way more than you have the, the capacity for, that God will crush Satan underneath your feet. You will be the one dancing on his face because of the peace and the blessing that God has put into your life. I don't go looking for the devil. I don't think any of us should. I, I don't, I, he just, he's just there sometimes. He just shows up. I read about him or I see signs of his work. What do I do? What do I do then? I go to God. I run to God. I run to God. And the God of peace crushes Satan underneath my feet. Man, that is, a, that is an awesome truth. We can't beat Satan on our own. But God can. And this Prince of Peace will stand up for you and say, hey, not, not today. Not, you're not touching my son. You're not touching my friend. You're not touching my servant. The last one. Yeah, now we need to break here for a minute. Let's go get a coffee. No, that's not, not, not the kind of break I mean. We need to break. I want you to bow your heads. Lord, I want to take some time today to pray peace over this place. Because I know, as one brother confessed to me not too long ago, um, and whether it was winter blues or just a bout of depression, I don't know. I don't know. But I know that winter gets to people, that the winters around here and the dark, long nights can get to people. And so I want to pray. I want to pray. You know, if you have a, a spouse with you who, um, just, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, all the, all the married couples here, join hands. Just join hands. And I know that there are some of you who don't have that, um, maybe your spouse is away or maybe you don't have one. But um, I, I, I wanted to do this because 
because I want us to support one another in, uh, in the body of Christ, in these places where we might find ourselves uh, lacking or suffering. And my goodness, we suffer. We suffer in all kinds of ways. And some of our suffering, no one ever gets to know about because it's not like we're bleeding or, um, or on crutches or anything like that. Things that people can see. It's this inside stuff. The darkness inside, the depression, the heaviness. And I want to apply God's peace to that today. So Lord, Prince of Peace, come into this place as you already have and start moving on our lives, Lord. And if we need your peace, I pray for everybody in this place who's feeling a lack of peace. Lord, fill us with peace. Fill us with all of those good things. Fill us with everything that you are. Fill us up to all the fullness of God. And those who are suffering today from a, well, we know that peace is that constant, complete welfare. And if we're not quite feeling that, Lord, then don't allow any one of us to remain in that spot, but let us run to the Prince of Peace who has an abundance. He's got more. He can do more than we can ask or think. So Lord, we call on you to do that today. Bring peace into our lives. Bring peace. Bring shalom. God, bring that, that sense of 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 healing and fullness into our hearts right now. And I pray especially for the folks who are affected by winter. And I pray, God, as it's beginning and, and, you know, after Christmas, we got January and February to live through, and it's a lot of days. I pray that every one of us would run to you on a daily basis, if not hour by hour, and asking for your spirit, asking for your peace, asking for these fruits, asking for these attributes of God in our lives. Please receive today. Don't leave this house without receiving. Prince of peace, come and fill us up. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2. Again, peace is more. Peace is more than we think it is. The angels came to the shepherds. The shepherds were terrified. The angel says, don't be afraid. And the shepherds were still terrified. And then the angel tells them, here's what's going to happen. For you, a son is born today down there in that city of David, down there in that little village. A Savior is born, Christ the Lord. And then he says, this will be a sign to you. If you go down there and look around a little while, you'll find this baby 
wrapped in cloths and placed in a manger. And suddenly there appears these shepherds, if one angel scared the life out of them, what's a million going to look like? And they're flying through space and lighting up the night sky and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men with whom he's pleased. Now, I was a little bit shocked when I first became a Christian because, because the message was peace on earth. At Christmas time, it was just peace on earth. Like it was just going to be there. Jesus was born, so peace. There's the peace. And in your King James Version, it says, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. In other translations of the Bible, like the NIV, it says peace on whom his favor rests. Now, that's a different, that's a different thought, isn't it? The New American Standard says peace on earth with whom he is pleased. See, that puts another spin on it. Because we just, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to walk through my life just thinking uh, that God is going to randomly drop stuff on me. But having said that, sometimes he does. But uh, that's, not, that's not going to be my expectation. My expectation is ask, seek, and knock. And that's what the scriptures tell me to do. Get Get intentional, get bold, and ask for the things that God wants you to have. If you don't feel like you got it, ask for it. If you do feel like you got it, ask for some more. Because there's this, it, it, it says, um, with whom he is pleased. Now, what are the things that please God? In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Faith pleases God. Actually, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Oh, so what is that about? Well, you and I have this in, innate ability to believe. He gave it, I, I believe he gives it to every human being that comes into the world, an ability to believe. Because God is invisible, he's not, he's not, the relationship I have with him is not like the relationship I have with my wife, who I can see and I can touch and I can, I can relate to, and she relates to me sometimes. But um, this God of ours is invisible. But he's, the scriptures tell me that he's great and big and wonderful and amazing. And so I got to put my faith into action. I've got to say, yes, God, I believe this. I believe it. I believe it. And that kind of thing gets God's attention. And that pleases him. And what does he do? He lavishes it on us. When we start turning to him, he turns to us in, in, in ways that, I, man, I can hardly explain to you. That's how it goes. It's not just something, though. It's not just, oh, peace. Peace on earth. Or Peace in the field or peace. It's not like that. It's, it's something that God commands towards us. And it's something that you and I have to ask for and receive. And that's, 
That's what I learned from this. This simple little exercise of filling in blanks, like you were writing a, a, a grade two test. But these aspects and these verses and these promises, I hope they stick in your head because they are for you and they are for today. And you can have this and you can live in this and you can walk in this and you can enjoy this. Come on back up, musicians. Let's sing some more songs. Father, thank you. for doing great things. Thank you for giving us more than we can ask or think. Thank you for doing great things. Thank you, God, for um, the love of God, which is so high and so deep, and so wide and so long. We can't even imagine how big these things are. And here you have them. You have them for us. I just want to read uh, one more. We were looking for a passage um, that would uh, include uh, hope, all of the, the things of Advent, hope and joy and peace and love. And Romans 15, 13 is one that we found, but listen to Romans 5, first few verses. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, listen, we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character. And proven character, hope. Hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. <laughs>